Okay, Chelsea, for the opener today, I have a choice between what I call the three Ps. Those Ps being power, pandemic, or, of course, P. Mm, I gotta go with P. Okay. Yes. So this article comes from Scientific America. It's a little older. It came out on July 27th, 2022, and it's posted by Sasha Warren. And the article headline is, Eating too much protein is making pee a problem pollutant in the U.S. So this is just adding to our whole water issue that we've been talking about for a long time. Too much protein, hey? Yeah. And you're going to learn some stuff in here. There's actually a few things that surprise me. In the U.S., people eat more protein than they need to. And though it might not be bad for human health, this excess does pose a problem for the country's waterways. The nation's wastewater is laden with leftovers from protein digestion, nitrogen compounds that can feed toxic algal blooms, and pollute the air and drinking water. This process of nitrogen pollution even rivals that from fertilizer washed off of fields growing food crops, new research suggests. Which I've always heard is a huge problem that people aren't talking about, and this is just a step outside of it and just as bad. Mm. When we overconsume protein, whether it comes from lentils, supplements, or steaks, our body breaks the excess down into urea, a nitrogen-containing compound that exits the body via urine and ultimately ends up in the sewage. Maya Almarez, a biogeochemist at the University of California, Davis, and her colleagues wanted to see how much of this nitrogen is being flushed into the U.S. sewage system because of protein-heavy diets. The research combined with population data and previous work on how much excess protein the average American eats and found that the majority of nitrogen pollution present in wastewater, some 67 to 100%, is a byproduct of what people consume. We think a lot about sewage nitrogen. We know that it's an issue. Amara says, but I didn't know how much of that is actually affected by the choices we're making way upstream. When we go to the grocery store, when we cook a meal and what we end up putting in our bodies. Once it enters the environment, the nitrogen and urea trigger a spectrum of ecological impacts known as the nitrogen cascade. Under certain chemical conditions and in the presence of particular microbes, urea can break down to form gases of oxidized nitrogen. These gases reach the atmosphere where nitrous oxide can contribute to warming via the greenhouse gas effect. And there's nitrogen oxide and nitrogen oxides can cause acid rain. Other times, algae and cyanobacteria photosynthetic bacteria are also called blue-green algae, feed on urea directly. The nitrogen helps them grow much faster than they would normally, clogging vital water supplies with blooms that can produce toxins that are harmful to humans, other animals, and plants. And when the algae eventually die, the problem is not over. Microorganisms that feast on dead algae use up oxygen in the water, leading to dead zones where many aquatic species simply cannot survive in rivers, lakes, and oceans. Chelsea, you're aware of algae blooms, right? And their huge impact. I did know about that one, actually. Which yeah, yeah which we're peeing into it. Yeah. Yeah. So just watch out when you're ever swimming somewhere, and there's like a lot of like algae there probably stay clear of there but a lot of the other stuff in there no idea i never yeah. went i gotta eat protein today better watch how how much i'm eating. how much yeah or i contribute to greenhouse gases and acid rain like don't yeah. want to do that and then as a vegetarian everybody always asks where do you get your protein <laughs> not that i'm not getting enough but you can't have too much i'm gonna you, i'm gonna yeah. rebuttal with that yeah 
What did you know what eating too much protein does? And apparently vegans can still do it with lentils. Yes, they can. I, I'm going to skip a bit ahead just to give a few ideas. One option for preventing nitrogen from getting into the environment is improving our wastewater treatment plants. And the technology does exist to remove up to 90% of the nitrogen from our wastewater, but only 1% of all U.S. sewage is currently treated this way. Partly because it is so expensive. And equipping plants in China to remove nitrogen from the three quarters of the country's urban sewage costs the country more than $20 billion. Oh yeah. Almaraz and her team suggest, however, that curbing nitrogen pollution could be approached more quickly with a change in eating habits that could save billions of dollars in the long term. I'm going to end that article here. There are a few more paragraphs. If you want to learn more about it, go feel free. It's on Scientific America. But I, I think it at least introduces the idea to our whole talk on water pollution and all the different ways that we're screwing with the water that we don't even know about. Not even water. We've also talked about global warming and we're just generally fucking the world and just, just add that to the list. Yeah, in fringy ways. And with that, we continue <laughs> on to our fringy episode. Explained to the mundane. Join us on our journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, the makers and home of the reverse monetization plan where we give positive endorsements towards your product, service, or location. And then when we inform you that we did it, we happily await your payment. It is a bold and unique strategy, has not been tried out many places, but we are happily trying it out here. We are your innovative and resourceful hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, here today to tell you to go to hell and more specifically where to actually look for hell or the sites that you may see in hell while you are there. Now, hell does in fact exist on Earth and many of its destinations that you would find within it in more humble ways than you would expect. Now, most people would expect that you would have to await the end of a sinful life to in fact see the sights and sounds of hell or its destinations. But we here today are telling you, you do not have to wait that long if you are willing to sit for the more mundane, earthly version of those products. We are covering today places that are named hell or hell adjacent here on Earth and what you might expect to see there. And I am going to start this episode off with the aptly named Hell in Michigan. Now, Hell is a, a quaint little town. There are several different actual... Chelsea, did you find when you're looking at this... Now, I'm, I'm sure with one of them, you actually don't have an answer, but nobody really seems to actually know how these names came about. Oh, no. Because they're, they're old. And then and there's, there's like many different di stories. Exactly. There's like 10 stories of how they got yeah. them. So you just pick the one that you like the best and run mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. So the name Hell for Hell, Michigan has a couple of legends associated with its origin. One attributes it to the residents overhearing a German conversation from travelers. And surprisingly enough, back in the day, hearing German in North America was actually quite common. Many cities actually spoke it as a first language. It wasn't until World War II came about that that really changed. They likely heard a traveler say, Social Hell, which means more specifically in English, so beautifully bright. 
so they heard, oh, this is hell. It was so bright in hell, Michigan. I uh, I don't know. Maybe the sun was out that day. The sun's brighter than all the other places in hell. Mm-hmm. Maybe, in fact, it was the only sunny day on their tour. Okay. Yeah. The, another theory is that the guy who owned the mill, which basically started the city of hell, or sorry, I shouldn't call it a city. It's it's a town. It's very small. Nobody will even give you a population. But he says has a quote saying, what do you want to name it? He says, I really don't care what you name it. You can name it hell for all I care. I like that one. And... Hell they went with, and my god, have they embraced this name. If you want to look at the town, they specifically have a website called gotohellmi.com, MI standing for Michigan. And right off the bat, you're greeted with a quote, more people tell you to go to our town than anywhere else on earth. (laughs) Now, what can you expect to do in hell? Well, there is mini golf, which they call putt-putt. There is canoeing and kayaking down the scenic Hell River that it flows between two lakes that are right there. And hey, if you're hungry, you can stop by the Hellhole Bar and Diner or Smitty's Hell Saloon. Or maybe you just need an ice cream from the Crematory of Dreams. They have fully endorsed this. (laughs) The Hell Saloon has a four-star review on TripAdvisor. It is, of course, the second highest rated restaurant in Hell. Second only to the Hellhole Bar and Diner. And... Last, of course, because there are two restaurants, apparently. Yes, it is the worst <laughs> restaurant in hell. <laughs> so, of course, I grabbed the one-star reviews to tell you what people are saying. The Hell Saloon, disappointed, was one ANNG357 on March 4th, 2021. No coffee and no tea available made for a cold visit. The atmosphere is always good, but there needs to be hot drinks available. One-star review. <laughs> Jesus. And then KDC from Westland, Michigan, walked out, apparently, on September 21st, 2019. Everyone in the place had just drinks. Didn't see anyone eating. We walked in and didn't see any table to sit at. I was prepared to wait, but after standing in the doorway for a while and not even greeted, we left. There also wasn't enough parking. They went and stood for a long time. Yes. Seems like a place... That, like, just a regular bar you would go into and seat yourself. Yes, and, you know, seat yourself. (laughs) That's why we look at the one-star reviews. They're always so beautiful. Exactly. And, of course, if you can't make it to hell, well, of course, this town has thought of everything. You are welcome to own a piece of hell. You can buy plots of land starting at one square inch for $9.99 in hell, just to say that you own a piece of hell. But if you are planning to do a visit, they have Halloween weekend, the weekend before Halloween. They celebrate Friday the 13th hard. And of course, you can also go around the Christmas time and have your picture taken with Hell's Christmas Grinch. Ah, oh, get married in Hell. Sorry, I'm just yes. looking at Yes, the you are now. Now, if you want to, you can plan your wedding in Hell. It'll be just through the gates of Hell and in the tiny chapel of Hell. You can also... Oh, and here's where you can buy a piece of hell. Yeah, you can buy a piece of hell or you can become the mayor of hell just for a day or an hour if you wish. Right from their website, our full day term mayor of hell receives horns, t-shirt, mug, badge, wallet card, property ownership in hell along with dirt from hell, proclamation certificates for being mayor and for being impeached. Your name all over hell. And of course, duties as required for the official position. Our mini term, however, if you only want to be mayor for an hour, receives both certificate and the mug that's it that's 
that's nice. And of course, if none of that's up your alley, you can also just, if you're the book smart type, go to Damnation University, or Damn You for short, which they only charge $66.66 for a degree. What can you get a degree in? Well, they have over 50 different specialties, and I've picked out just a few. From their School of Athletics, you can get the Bachelors of Over the Hill Softball. Scheduling your family vacation so as not to interfere with your games. Spending a week's salary on a mitt, shoes, batting glove, and knee braces. Ignoring your body's painful pleas for mercy and threatening to quit your job if your boss doesn't sponsor your team are just a few of the things covered in this class. In the School of Auto Sciences, you can get a Bachelor's of Auto Interior Trashology, accurately tossing candy wrappers into the rear seats, assembling a significant collection of petrified french fries, maintaining a balance of over $100 of returnable cans and bottles in a vehicle, and amassing one-eighth inch of road dust on the dashboard, just some of the things they teach you. In the School of Communications, Bachelors of Noiseology, calling children from three blocks away without use of a cell phone, possession of a no-finger lip whistle that can pierce metal, ability to win an argument through volume alone, and automatic finalist status at animal calling contests. From the School of Computer Scientists, you can get a Bachelors of Negative Digital Vibrations, erasing a hard drive by walking past it, being charged double rates on every computer tech support line in the country, spending hundreds of diagnostic service calls before remembering that you forgot to plug the darn thing in and somehow buying every defective piece of software ever produced. School of Domestic Sciences Bachelors of Devil May Care Laundrology. Stuffing 12 pairs of jeans and a bedspread into one load, washing a new red sock with four white shirts, separating laundry piles into dirty and dirtier, and stockpiling dryer lint onto the dryer lint screen. School of Fine Arts, Bachelors of Velvet Arts, amassing a large collection of paintings, all of which are on black velvet, with subjects including but not limited to Elvis, an excessive number of cherubs, ethnically diverse, large-breasted women, and more Elvis. Purchasing paintings at gas stations and insisting on giving away parts of your collection as gifts to people who feel obligated to hang them whenever you visit. From the School of Gastronomy, Bachelors of Culinary Ignorance. Classify instant noodle products as a distinct food group, using every pot in the cupboard for every meal. Cooking vegetables until they turn into sludge and serving ketchup a vegetable with every meal. School of Household Repair, Bachelors of Duct Tapeology. This just says successful repair of anything that is not underwear. The School of Labor Relations, Bachelors of Cubicle Decoration, covering every inch of cubicle walls with pictures from the family album, completely plastering all vertical desk surfaces with sticky notes, asking the boss for high cubicle walls to add gallery space, and increasing oxygen levels with a jungle of housework. And of course, the School of Law, Bachelors of Parking Ticket Unpayment. Having no room for gloves in the glove compartment because of unpaid parking tickets being on a first-name basis with the impound staff, consistently missing the expiration of the meter by two minutes, and claiming parking ticket fees on your tax returns as a business expense. And of course, I found this under the review of the ice cream store, but I felt this just overly exemplified a review of the town itself. Okay. Stephanie's, with a Z, 4810, on April 8th, 2017, gave the entire town a two-star review and she said expected more two saloons miniature golf a park and a small gift shop i can honestly say that i've been to hell and all of the reviews are damn well oriented towards hell you gotta love the reviews yeah but they've embraced their whole position here it's they, they did a i think they've done fun and they're probably making pretty good bank from it it looks like it i just can't seem to find out how to buy a piece of hell 
I know, it's just on their website, and people said, I found it somewhere that's $9.99, but I have no idea where. Yeah, they do have a store, I just went to it, there's 15 pages of stuff. Oh, I know, that's, I, I stopped looking through that. Yeah, there's like rubber duckies and stuff like that. You can tell them about being the mayor, that's about all I know. It's a very nice website, seems like a nice place. Even their Wikipedia page refuses to tell me how many people live in hell, but... You know, there being two restaurants kind of gives you an idea of how big it is. Next time someone tells you to go to hell, you can tell them you've already been there and had a hell of a good time <laughs> playing mini golf. <laughs> and I looked at the Hell Holes menu. They have some very, I don't know if it's a Michigan thing or if it's just a different style of bun I'm acquainted to. Like, it looks like the butt ends. It could ends. be a variety of It things. looks like the butt ends of a loaf of bread on each side of the burger. Anyhow, Chelsea, how about you take one on that? That's Hell Michigan. Yeah. Okay, this one is Hell adjacent, as with the leader of Hell. Owner of Hell? King of Hell. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get literal of it, he's just the chief prisoner in Hell. See the CEO of Hell. No, he's the chief prisoner. <laughs> he actually doesn't run the place. Okay, he's the chief prisoner. So, and it's not even him. This is just something named after him. And so I thought I'd start with the Devil Bridge, out of which there are 49 around the world. <laughs> so I should actually say Devil's Bridges. <laughs> but for this episode, I'm going to focus on the Devil's Bridge in Eridigian. Eridigian? Wales? Wales is crazy. I don't even know how to pronounce most of the things there. And Wales has that, like, crazy long town name that no one could ever pronounce. Probably not even the people there. No, the Welsh can't the pronounce Indian. it. They're, they're good at it. I have seen it done. I was going to call bullshit, but okay. No, I've okay. actually seen a weatherman who has specifically called it out as, like, the weather there that day. And he impeccably says it. As far as I can tell. He, he's very my confident in how he said it. <laughs> Maybe that's what we're missing on everything that we're pronouncing, because we're pronunciators here. I thought we were pronouncinologists. Yeah, pronunciator, pronunciologists. Pronouncinologists. So, this Devil's Bridge in Wales, according to this one article I read, said that it's probably the original of the Devil's Bridges with this particular bridge I'm going to talk about. So here we are, and this is the bridge. This bridge is pretty cool to look at. It consists of three coexistent bridges, one each built on top of the previous bridge. And as this legend goes, for the original first bridge, a local woman misplaced her cow, as you do, only to discover it was on the far side of the river. How the hell did he get over there? No explanation as to how the cow got over there. But the devil appears and offers to build the lady a bridge to recover the misplaced cow. Now, from this, doesn't seem like the devil misplaced the cow. He just showed up and was like, hmm, I see you have a problem here. Let me fix it for you. In exchange, he would receive the soul of the first being to cross the bridge. So this woman agrees and decides once the bridge was built to throw a piece of food across the bridge to get her dog to run across to be the first victim of the devil. Why not just try to get the cow? Because <laughs> then it would be the cow's life and maybe it was no, worth No, the cow's life. soul. That, uh, I'm just very yeah. sad about dog treatment right now. I'm sorry. But it, I mean, I'd be very sad for the cow if it was the cow. Especially Bernie's watching me right now. So I have to, <laughs> I have to speak up for his kind. Okay. So she gets her dog to run across to be the first victim of the devil to have the bridge. And the devil was left only with the soul of a dog. Bad for the devil. Good for the woman. How rude to the dog. 
And that's Devil's Bridge in Wales, in this this town that you cannot pronounce. Now, it's not the same bridge these days, right? Yeah. Is it? I thought it got replaced at some point. No, it's still there. They just build bridges on top now. Oh, okay. It's a Theseus thing there. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know if it actually works as a bridge, though, because they just built on top. But the bridges go all different ways, kind of. It's really cool if you look at it. But may still work? Who knows? Is the devil still the one making the assortment of bridges above? No. He only built the original one. The only devil making it now is bureaucracy? Got it. Okay. Now, okay. say you run into a fanciful character. He tells you, in fact, not to go to hell, but in fact, go to Satan's kingdom. Well, in fact, may I have a place for you? And that is Satan's kingdom state recreation area in Connecticut. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking nice place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and funny enough, my next sentence is looking for a cool and relaxing float down a river in Connecticut or the Connecticut area. Look no further than Satan's kingdom. Am I? This beautiful gorge area with its towering cliffs has actually been called Satan's Kingdom since at least the 1820s. And there are many stories as to why it's called that. My favorite part is the recreation after yeah. Satan's Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> it really sets it off. So the gorge, which flows through Farmington River, has been known as Satan's Kingdom since the 1870s, when the construction of the New Haven and Northampton Railroad along the river proved particularly difficult. That's one of them. Other one, it was named Satan's Kingdom after a resident of Northfield walked out of a church where a sermon about the fires of hell had just been given, and he saw a forest fire across the Connecticut River and observed that Satan's Kingdom was burning. This one, probably the most racist of them, one story involves a Native American tribe leader nicknamed Satan. In the mid-1800s, Satan's Kingdom oh, no. was a settlement populated by people who adopted an Indian lifestyle. This area was inhabited, of course, by Native Americans, and many of the society's outcasts, such as outlaws and ex-slaves, would find accommodation there. This is another possible reason for the name. However, it is no snow for its recreation area, which was added to the role of Connecticut State Parks in 2012, where you can rent tubes and take them down the lazy Farmington River and find a ride back if you pay for it at the end of it. It has a four out of five on TripAdvisor. However, the single one-star review I could find was literally just they didn't warn about it being high river when it rained. So I, I had to go with the two-star review. And this is from 940 Vinny T from Oakville, Connecticut. And <laughs> he starts with the phrase, would have been better without all the drunk, obnoxious teens. Oh, as always on a river float. I've been here several times over the years. The price keeps going up. You're basically just paying for a tube and a ride back to your car. If you have your own tube or raft, a family of five can save $100. Just get someone to pick you up at the end. My biggest problem was all the drunk teens camped out all the way down the river with nothing better to do except harass people going by. <laughs> we're, we're talking about low-life scumbags that can't say a sentence without using the F word every second. If I didn't have my wife and daughter with me, I wouldn't mind so much, but they definitely ruined what should be a peaceful trip down the river. Don't recommend this place for kids unless drunk potty mouths don't bother you. And don't expect anyone from Satan's kingdom to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently their authority ends the minute you get into the river until you get out three hours later. And no law enforcement either. Saw one park ranger at the end of this trip standing there watching people get out of the water. Big deal. Sorry to say this, but this place has gone downhill big time. Save your money. 
So that's what to expect out of Satan's kingdom if you want to go for a leisurely That would be, I could ride. just imagine those kids on like a Saturday afternoon being like, I'm bored. Let's just yell fuck every second like, word at these people. <laughs> and when it's like, I got it. Do you want to go down to Satan's kingdom and swear that the family's getting off the river float? Yeah, good idea. Chelsea, how about you tell us about your next hell adjacent yeah. location? Okay. So now... I'm going to stay in Europe, but I'm going to move on over to Germany, where the devil himself had his hand in helping construct more than one church. More than one church. Shocking, I know. I think the most shocking thing is, yeah, he's building churches. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just wait, because this is going to okay. blow your mind. And I also could have done more than one bridge, but instead I chose to do more than one church. So, bonus. First one is located in Munich and goes by the name Fraunkirch. Fraunkirche. Bronkers? Right. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Fonkius, but whatever. Are you looking at the word? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> That's just my guess. According to legend, in 1468, architect Erg von Hellsbach went looking for dollars build a new cathedral in Munich and ended up making a bargain with the devil. It became more and more common these days, I guess. <laughs> The deal was that the devil himself would provide the funds for the huge building on the condition that it was a celebration of darkness with no windows to let in the light. When the building was complete, Unhelpach led the devil inside to survey his work to show him that he had held up his end of the bargain. Although there was light, there seemed to be no windows and the devil signed off on it. When he took another step further, columns that had been blocking the view of the windows <laughs> opened up and in the devil's fury at being tricked, he stamped his foot on the ground, forever marking the floor with his black footprint and it is still there to this day in the original floor work. It's been remodeled and whatnot these days, but the actual original floor work is there with the devil's footprint, which does not look like the devil's footprint at all that I would have pictured. It is seemingly like a boot mark. <laughs> oh, next, I'm going to just go on to this. The next church is located in Lübeck, Germany, and goes by the name of St. Mary's. This church, while being built during the mid-13th century, is said to have had none other than Satan himself stop by the construction site to see what the goings-ons were. That's what he did in Germany back then, as some people needed loans to finish off or start construction. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I have never heard the devil to be known as a, a ruthless and giving financier. Like, does he not just give you what you need? Why does he have to he finance just, it? Yeah, he just, like, he doesn't do that these days. Too many people took advantage of the devil. Yeah, Europe's really showing that. Really? Yeah, he Europe really screwed us over from having anymore. a good Satan overall. I know, I know. You can't really just go out and build things and hope that the devil stops by. Yeah, to, to I'm also, for I'm, if they wanted to go with a little bit of trickery, why didn't he even ask for, like, naming rights and, like, call it St. Anne's? <laughs> That's true. He didn't. Because, okay, just... Because he's a nice guy story. who just assumed that he's entering yeah. these good contracts. He's a nice guy that finances... <laughs> <churches>. All I'm <laughs> asking is to have a dark church. You get whatever you yeah. want, just a dark church. <laughs> Fucking take millions, millions, billions yeah. if you must. <laughs> Make it out of solid gold. I don't care. Just no windows. Yeah, assholes. And that's all he did was just stamp on the ground. Okay, this one. The workers were too scared at this construction site of the church to tell him the truth. So under duress, they proclaimed, uh, mm, it's, uh, it's, 
it's a wine bar, yeah. And the devil was fucking excited. He apparently not for the wine though, because apparently this meant more souls for him, which for a second there, I was scared because I was gonna be like, me and the devil could be friends. Yeah, no, the devil but can't now, drink wine. It's the blood of Christ. Yeah, so now that I know that it's because of the souls of people who drink wine, because going to hell, I guess, that it's the friendship is off. Literally every Catholic drinks wine, so I don't understand that. Yeah, but I also like wine, but not because it's the blood of Christ. Oh, yeah. Point. Point. Okay. Weird. Okay. Satan. But, uh, maybe it's Jesus that needs to get it right. Maybe it's Honestly, <laughs> it's in my mind, it's Old Testament God that needs to get it right. But yeah, anyhow, yeah, that's continue on. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, he was so excited. He was like, let me help you make this that will serve wine. Yeah, this super cool church that actually allows you to have some fun at it. Please. Yeah. Please he, let he me help you. He didn't know it was it. a church. He just thought it was a wine bar. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Wait, was this was like, like the let's... early 2000s or was this like. No, this was the four, 13th century. Okay, it's surprising they're building a wine bar in my mind. In Germany? I don't know. Like, wine, wine, wine bars in my mind are like an early 2000 thing. Like a hipster thing? Yeah. <laughs> really old though like the mutton chops and the hipsters and the sheep yeah okay so he's helping and as the legends goes it was only near the end of construction that satan himself realized that he'd been tricked it was probably when the cross and the stained glass was going up also probably that he kept getting tricked i'd be pissed too like not fucking again and in his rage he picked up a large slab to destroy the church but a quick thinking construction dude promised him that they would build a wine bar in the neighborhood <laughs> I'm sorry. I just really like the description quick thinking construction guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> most of my friends that I know in the construction industry, I'm sorry if any of you are in the construction industry. You may be smart witted and quick on your feet, but boy, howdy, my friends that are or not. <laughs> so the quick thinking construction dude was like, we'll just build a wine bar in the neighborhood. So put that slab down before you ruin our church. The devil was like, okay, fine, and dropped the slab slab still remains in that spot to this day with the markings that are supposedly the claw marks of the devil and is called the devil's stone. To honor the legend, a bronze statue of the devil was placed on the slab in 1999, but he's particularly happy the 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 statue of the devil, which I don't know if he'd be happy with because he was so pissed it no. wasn't a wine bar. No, I think he's happy because at the end of the day, literally all he wanted was a wine bar to be built. And they said they would still build a wine bar. True. Okay. So there is a wine bar there. Yeah. And I love that that's there for and them because this the is, devil said so. Man, all these stories are really making me sympathize with the devil and thinking no. that the Rolling Stones were in fact right. Yeah. So like I said, the story does have a happy ending of the people of Lubick did end up building the Rat Skeller Tavern across the road from the church. Thank you, Satan. And that's the end of my devil in churches. There's probably many more of him helping build churches because he's such a nice guy back in the day of church construction, old churches. I think he <gasps> would be what you would call a modern day financier, in fact. Yeah. Oh my God, I have questions for someone. Anyhow, I have another story? I, I in fact, do have one more. We'll move on to another hell, in fact. This one happens in a cave, and it is called... Hell happens in a cave? Yes, because most people thought back in the day that hell was underground, very literally, and that how you got to it was through a cave. I am talking, of course, of a place called Yama Pakel 
and this is in northeastern Slovenia. It is a limestone formation carved out of the ground over millions of years. And, and sorry, my Slovenian's very rusty. Heklenskika stream. In the winter, the warm interior of the cave meets the cold temperature outside, creating a steam. And these cave vapors, plus the spiky stalactites and other formations near the cave entrance, help the cave to gain its name. Yama Pakel is the only cave in Slovenia in which Paleolithic human remains have been found, which is absolutely crazy, like super old humans, like some of the first people to ever inhabit Europe. Showing that the cave has been shelter for our early ancestors. It is the only cave in Slovenia in which human bones were found. Elsewhere, only tools, weapons, fireplaces, and other traces of human existence were found. The locals were aware of the cave for many centuries. However, they were certain that the black hole was the entrance to hell where the devil dwells and people were afraid of the cave and gave it the name the kel which means hell yama means cave in slovenia slovenian i actually sorry i don't know which language slovenians speak is it slovenian chelsea Slovak? what language do no you're thinking of slovakians we're talking about slovenians slovene slovene okay they speak slovene okay perfect thank you you're welcome However, like, just they wouldn't touch it for a long time because it's like, that's the hell cave. That's how we're everybody who was bad went. So why would we want to go there? The first one to promote the cave and to arrange it for public view was Dr. Tavber from Zelik, who had wooden footbridges set up in the 1860s, thus making the cave suitable for visitors. The cave became very popular after Professor Rivenspoon from Gaz had published his expert findings in various publications in 1866. And another period of cave's popularity was between 1890 and 1905, when a secretary from Zalik, Mr. Ivan Koch, and I probably mispronounced that because that sounds way too inappropriate, was managing the cave. Signatures in the cave dating from 1880 and later proved that it was a popular destination already in the 19th century, with even a number of parties organized inside. The cave slipped out of publication for a long time until the Tourist Association of, and sorry, this is the name of the area, and I'm going to have a hard time saying it. Tourist Association of Sempeter v. Savinsky Dolini arranged it for visitors once again in 1972 after the cavers from Prebold and Lyomliana had explored it in 1969. One caver, the young Anton Sua, lost his life during this exploration and in memory of this event, a memorial tablet was set up and a gallery was named after him. When the cave had been thoroughly explored, the members of the tourist association began installing electricity and arranging footpaths. Since then, 1,159 meters of of secure paths have been arranged and illuminated. In 1997, a part of the cave was open to the public, only accessible to cavers prior to that, and a beautiful four-meter waterfall can be seen there, the highest underground waterfall in Slovenia that can be seen from the immediate vicinity. Hell Cave has a 4.5 out of 5 on TripAdvisor and is the number one thing to do in Sempeter v. Savinsti Dolini. There are only four things to do in this city, in Slovenia. However, one of those other things is a brewery, and it beat it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Luca B. gave it its lowest rating of two stars out of five. He says, good, but only cash payments possible. The cave is nice, but they don't accept cards. We had to join the next group, and an hour later, because we had to drive to the nearest ATM. Really not something we've expected from a tourist spot in the 21st century. 
wrote that in That's 2018. That's a pretty petty review so, to leave. True, but it's also very useful information. I guess so. I would also like to know what he Let's thought of the cave itself, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. And that's that, Carrie Cast. Yeah, and that's Hell Cave. So, Chelsea, do you have anything else? Oh, yeah. Okay. I wrote 666. Oh, let's finish off with that. Yeah, I saved my best one for last. Okay. Route 60, right? Route 666. I can't even get it out of my mouth. Devil's Highway or the Highway to Hell or Satan's Highway. And this route, 666, its life began 1926 when it was christened Route 666 for real for no other reason than to follow the number and guidelines set out by the American Association of State Highway Officials. Weren't trying to just make it fun or whatever by making it 666. These days it actually goes by US Route 491 due to the connotation of Route 666, which it did actually go by for a time. As I said, it wasn't good for business and a lot of signs were stolen. So they decided to change the name because they're losing a lot of money in signs. I actually, most of the places I've seen, they lose a lot of money in signs. Oh yeah. I would assume as much. The road goes through four states, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. It's 321 kilometers long and runs from the city of Monticello in Utah and Gallup in New Mexico. Highway passes through Navajo territory, mines, Shiprock, which is a weird sacred mountain to the Navajo people. It's one of those it's like weird mountains that come out of the desert. There's only like the one around, if you know what I'm talking about. Goes across the Colorado border, and the highway ranges in altitude from 2,900 feet to more than 11,000 feet, and has over 400 curves in 100 kilometer stretch, and edges many steep cliffs, which also have sent numerous travelers careening to their deaths. In addition to everything I just said, it also has been hailed as one of the most haunted places in America, with a long bizarre history of all manner of weirdness, bad luck, inexplicable accidents, ghosts, apparitions, specters, and various other unexplained phenomena. Road also has an abnormally high number of fatalities road features a spooky reputation as you probably just gathered and some of the strange activity witnessed include haunted truck girl in a white dress faceless hitchhikers weird lights hellhounds disappearing drivers demon dogs time loss skinwalkers or satan's sedan i'm gonna go Wait. into the a, a few of them a little bit so satan's sedan a, yeah. a sedan if you will yeah okay Dan. First up, we've got hitchhikers, which you may want to think twice about before picking up on Route 666 because of one of the most commonly reported sightings and are rumored not to be friendly. One being a girl who wears a white gown that supposedly walks along the highway attempting to flag down drivers. Once they stop, she simply vanishes before their eyes. Another girl is said to run out into traffic and vanish right before she's hit by an oncoming vehicle. Next, we've got a flaming out-of-control semi with a mad driver who the locals believe to be a local serial killer. Not sure why. Sorry, it shouldn't have said local serial killer. Just believed to be a serial killer. The rig is rumored to be sighted and then to come barreling directly towards you down the middle of the highway, vanishing right before impact. That's that one. Native American locals have a tale of skinwalkers which will first appear in front of your vehicle, hoping to cause the driver to swerve and cry 
crash. If this does not work, they appear in the back seat of your car. Travelers are advised not to drive alone so that the shapeshifter will not have room to sit. Many travelers have disappeared and returned several hours or days later take significantly longer than expected to arrive at their final destinations and were completely unable to account for the lost time, nor had any recollection of their travels, nor had any idea that they were gone for so very long. Then there's the black sedan, the evil black sedan, driven by Satan. Just kidding. That's just the name of the black sedan. Many individuals that have traveled this road have stated that as doing so, they began to experience an intense degree of fear as the sun sets. Once darkness falls on the desolate road, the witness claims to see headlights coming up behind them. Despite the fact that they reach high speeds, the car seems to gain on them quickly. Many pull over in order to get out of the way of the dangerously close vehicle. Many witness the vehicle speeding fast past them. Others look up to view the vehicle and discover that there is no vehicle at all. Is this a hallucination induced by the desert or does Satan truly intimidate travelers in a mysterious black sedan? Probably that. He's pissed that everyone was taking advantage of his nice guy. I, I truly believe that's why he's got a bad rep in North America. It's because Probably. of the, the bad will that he got from people in Europe. I, there's only so much that you can take if you're being a nice guy. Yeah. You're being like, he's not going to offer to help build your church if you're just going to well, rip him no. off every time. He's just going to speed well, past you no. in his black sedan. Yeah. <laughs> Last, Linda Dunning, author of Specters and Doorways, The History and Hauntings of Utah, relays, quote, Packs of demon dogs have been seen on this highway as well. They attack at night with yellow eyes and sharp teeth, shredding the tires of those silly enough to stop along this highway at night, quote. Pounds of hell are said to have the capability of running as fast as the vehicle regardless of the speed. And that, my friends, is Highway 666, aka the less spooky name of US Route 491 to this day. The, Can the, still drive on it. The more spooky. Still spooky. More spooky yeah. name. US Route 491? No, you, Route 666. That is more spooky. 666 is more spooky name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> guess so yeah. the, the highway is still spooky though yeah. so you can okay. still drive it keep your doors locked yeah drive with a full car watch out for seeing the sedan yeah usual and with that if you are happen to be in charge of any of these locations that we have spoken of and feel that we have added to your tourist attraction please feel free to send us payment via paypal during to the fringe gmail.com we can discuss payment this is of course how reverse monetization works with that, we'll, we'll be in talks. I have been Taylor here with Chelsea today talking about some freaky places about Satan and hell. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Satan may be happy to pay us. Yeah, he might, but goodbye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>